Alright, everybody, welcome back to The Flagrant. I'm your host, Sam Jefferson, and today we will be covering the Warriors' Game 2 win over the Los Angeles Lakers, winning 127-100, to a 27-point blowout. What a game. What a game. Great game from Steph Curry again. Great game from Draymond. Jermichael Green got the spot start for Kevon Looney because Kevon Looney was not feeling too well. Who knows if he ate something funky. He had some kind of illness that was taking him out. And if you know Kevon Looney or you have watched the Warriors for a while, you know that Kevon Looney would not be missing a game unless something was seriously wrong. I mean, he played, I think he played all 82 games of the regular season again this year. So the dude has been an Iron Man. But yeah, Jermichael Green gets the spot start. It's effective. They're stretching the floor. Just a great all-around game from the Warriors. And I want to get into all of that. But just a quick fan reaction from the game. It feels great that the Warriors came out with a big response like this. I feel much more confident about them at least getting one game in the Crypto.com arena. I still honestly cannot believe that that's what it's called. But yes, getting a win on the road against the LA Lakers is completely feasible. I believe in it. I was a little shell-shocked after game one. Not that they lost but just the amount of jumpers they took. I don't know. I didn't know if they were going to make another 21 threes, which I guess as a Warriors fan was a bit foolish because they're going to get great shots with Steph, Clay, and Poole on the floor, who Steph and Clay, two of the greatest shooters of all time, and Poole, who when he's hot, although controversial right now, is one of the best shooters in the league. He can get hotter than so many other players who are better shooters. When he's hot, he is spacing the floor incredibly well he's spacing it so shout out to those three guys um pool didn't play as much this game though did not play as much but the story of the game definitely came in the third quarter the warriors go small they start with dre at the five and they put him on ad which they also did in the first half and it worked pretty well but the warriors went into the first half with about an 11 point lead and they just absolutely ballooned that after the third quarter so Third quarter starts. The Warriors are knocking down threes. Draymond is playing great defense on Anthony Davis. I actually have a little bit here from his postgame interview for you guys to listen into on a question asked by Kareth Burke, I believe. So check this out on what Draymond Green had to say about his defensive performance on Anthony Davis. Um, I never want to leave the game feeling like that. I was disgusted with my performance as if I didn't know how to play on both ends. Uh, Chris DeMarco showed me some film yesterday, and he said, I don't know who this guy is defensively. They were all defensive clips, and through the, they were pretty much through the first three quarters, and then he showed me myself in the fourth quarter. He said, this is the guy I know. So show up that way tomorrow. And, you know, I... I took that to the heart, and I knew, you know, that I would have to come out and have a good game and for, in order for us to win. Uh, obviously, we were able to win pretty handily. Yeah, so that was Draymond's thoughts. He definitely looked like a completely different player in Game 2. I think most of us expected that he would. Anthony Davis did that reverse Uno card thing that he does on offense so often where he looks like an unstoppable force one game, 
30-20 game, 30 points, 20-plus rebounds in Game 1, best player on the floor. And then in Game 2, you didn't really feel his presence at all on the offensive end. He had a couple blocks on defense, but it was nowhere near the same impact. It did not feel like he was dominating the game. And one of the things that stuck out to me was that the Lakers were settling for a lot of jumpers in the third quarter. LeBron James was hitting them this time around. I think I don't know how many LeBron James points or how many points LeBron James finished with, but it was a lot. He was in flow. He had one crazy backboard three where the shot clock was running down. He was sprinting diagonally back to his own half of the court as fast as he could. He grabs the ball, leaps, chucks it up, banks in for three from what? I don't know, 30 feet, 32 feet to beat the shot clock. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, But uh, a good LeBron game was not enough. Um, The Lakers took a lot of tired jumpers. The only people who hit them were LeBron and Rui Hachimura, who just continues to be an absolute flamethrower from the three-point line in the playoffs. Not known to be a shooter, but can we keep leaving Rui Hachimura open if he's going to go four of six from every game? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they were settling for jumpers, though, and as was talked about in game one, the Lakers dominated the paint. They didn't do as much this game. A lot of credit there goes to Draymond's, but I think a lot of it, too, is that they were tired. Both teams must have been tired on the one-day turnaround, but there was definitely more urgency in the Warriors' play. Uh, so it was great to see them blow it up in that third quarter. Haven't even really mentioned Clay yet, who hit eight threes, eight of 11 from three-point range, finished with 30 points. He was incredible. He did a great job, but... Yeah, I mean, I think the big storyline that people will talk about is that Kevon Looney had the flu, Jermichael Green starts, he has 15 points off the bench, 3 of 6 from 3, he looks good out there, you know, he's bringing AD out to guard him because he actually started hitting threes, so Anthony Davis was like, okay, I just I can't just camp in the paint now, I gotta go out and guard him too, so that was huge for the Warriors to get Anthony Davis out of the paint, so there was more room for them to go drive and either kick or take layups close to the rim. So that was huge for Jermichael Green to play that well after, I mean, not playing at all during the regular season, you know. Jermichael Green, when he did play in the regular season, and I as a fan was watching, you know, he he had some rough plays out there. He didn't seem as effective as a player I was hoping the Warriors were going to get when they signed him in the offseason. Of course, to be fair to him, it's kind of hard to start a rhythm when you're not getting playing time from the coach, when Coach Kerr isn't really playing you, he's at the back end of the rotation, when he's healthy. He also had some infection in his leg that took him out for a while, injuries here and there. So, you know, it, it wasn't totally on him. Um, now that he's been able to have this big uh, big game in the playoffs, so hopefully he can ride it because I'm going to get to it later, but I think the Warriors will start Jermichael Green in Game 3 on the road. So... We shall see. I think he's going to keep the starting spot. But anyway, he played great. He even had a couple of nifty layups down low off of passes from Steph Curry, who was playing more of a point guard role this game. He was much more on ball than the first game. But instead of using those on-ball actions to take shots, he was using it to set up other players because the Lakers' game plan is to double, if not triple, Steph every time he has the ball and make other people beat him. So this game, it didn't really work out. Anywho, I think 
Another thing to take note of is that Moses Moody was phenomenal this game. He's been great in the King series. He was great in game one. He even had a crossover step back three over LeBron James to beat the shot clock in the first quarter when the Warriors really did need points because the Warriors did lose the first quarter, 33-26. to And I wrote it in my notes. I just did not like how many jumpers we were taking. Obviously, that's the game plan, and I was wrong. But sometimes with this Warriors team, they get so three-happy that I almost feel like I'm watching the Rockets. Of course, the ball always moves more than those Rockets teams move the ball with James Harden and Chris Paul. But I don't know. The three-ball... Three ball, you know, people call, you know, Steph, Clay, the Warriors. They started the three-point revolution, which they did. But they always knew how to balance it out in the playoffs. So sometimes when I see us shooting 53s a game, which let me do a quick check here. I believe the Warriors shot 42 threes. They're 21 of 42, so they shot 50%. But that's a lot of three-pointers to take. And I believe it was 52 last game. So... You know, anyway, (laughs) the three-pointers I didn't love in the first half. I thought we were settling and not getting to the rim like I was hoping to put more pressure on Anthony Davis, but it ended up not mattering because once they started going down and Clay got hot, it was over for them. But yeah, to the original point of this tangent, Moses Moody was incredible. I mean, the hustle plays he makes, I trust him on the floor. When I'm watching him go up for a rebound, I expect him to get a hand on it. Of course, he's not the most athletic player. He's not more athletic than Jonathan Kaminga, who is not currently getting minutes. But he's definitely giving his maximum effort out there. You know, he's making the right pass. He's taking shots when they need to be taken with confidence. And that's huge. One of my favorite things about the first quarter is Jermichael Green missed his first two three-pointers, but did not hesitate to take the third. Because I think it's really hard being in Jermichael Green's shoes, getting a spot start in the playoffs after playing a total of 23 minutes in the previous series to just be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to shoot the third wide open one instead of taking one dribble and passing it off to Draymond, sort of saying, hey, I just, I don't know about this right now. Can you find someone else to give us something on offense? But he took it with confidence, and once he hit that first one and the crowd roared in celebration, he seemed to play more comfortable And he was able to hit three of his next four. So, huge shout-out to him. Um, But, yeah, Moses Moody, really, really great play from him. He played more than Jordan Poole. He played 29 minutes to Poole 16. That's partially because they kept Moody in for garbage time in the fourth quarter because, I mean, after the third quarter, I think it was a 20-point lead. And then AD and LeBron sat for the whole fourth quarter. So the Lakers waved the white flag early. They said, we're done with this. We will move on to game three and rest our stars, which I think was the right call. And now we got to see Moody play, even in garbage time. So he's getting more rhythm. Jonathan Kaminga got in then, uh, which was good. Uh, Saw some minutes from the other guys. And, yeah, I don't know. It was just a solid game. It was a solid, solid game. Um, We haven't even talked too much about Steph yet, but – Steph, as I mentioned earlier, he was getting doubled and tripled teamed. So he didn't put too many shots up. He only shot 12 times, went 7 for 12 with 20 points. But it felt pointed, you know. It didn't feel like he wasn't playing aggressive because he was driving, taking all the Lakers' defense with him, and then finding the open guy either on the pick and roll, kicking out, 
there's a reason why Clay Thompson looked so effortless today making eight threes and scoring 30 points. It was because the Lakers were leaving him open, essentially. Not open, because almost every jumper in the NBA still gets contested a little bit. But they were essentially saying, we do not want Steph Curry to beat us. The other players are going to have to take this game, too. And they did. So, well done there. That was game three. That was game three. Pretty, pretty good game. Steph had that one three-pointer where I don't even know what he did. He looked like a fish. He looked like a leaping frog as it left his hands in the fourth quarter. Don't even know how he got it off. I think it might have been over Vanderbilt, maybe. Not too sure. But, yeah, no, he got it up. He got it up, and it went down. Huge play. Um, And the Warriors moved on from there, took their starters out, and coasted to a win. So that was game two. Series tied 1-1. Now I want to move on to game three predictions. So I'm going to take a little break real quick, catch my breath, and we'll be back. Okay, game three predictions, people. What's going to happen in game three? Will the Warriors go up 2-1? Will LeBron James and his Lakers respond accordingly, putting fear into our fan base again? Are we going to doubt the Warriors going into game four? I don't know. I feel confidence regardless of game three's outcome, if they lose, that they will steal game four. I think they're getting one of these two games. Don't know if I can say I'm confident they're getting both, just because these teams are pretty even, and it feels like whichever team is going to play with more urgency is going to win the game. Anyway, I think the Lakers are going to stick with doubling Steph. That's their game plan, and they're going to continue to dare the Warriors, as Shaquille O'Neal says, the Warriors' quote-unquote others, to play that well on the road against their crowd. So, in Game 3... We saw that the Warriors bench players, the other starters, everyone rose to the occasion to support Steph Curry, who was basically being taken out as a shooter. He could have gotten shots up if he wanted to, because Steph always can, but they would have been heavily contested. And I know we're not supposed to say this about Steph Curry, but they would have been bad shots. So it was great that he was finding other players and that they stepped up. Now, playing on the road, it's that old, old saying, you know, Home players, or uh, role players, play better at home. They don't play as well on the road. So I expect them to keep doubling Steph and be like, hey, Jermichael Green, can you hit three of six threes in our arena where our crowd is booing you so hard? Well, they might not be booing him, but they're they're chanting against him. It's a hostile crowd. Can you do that on the road, Jermichael Green? I don't think so. I think that's what they're going to be game planning with. Because, in all honesty, I think Jermichael Green is going to get the start again, and they're going to either go with Looney or Draymond at the five. I think they'll go with Draymond at the five. The argument for that is just they should ride this momentum of bringing AD up to guard Jermichael Green on the three-point line and getting into the paint, you know? Because I think they found something there more shooting on the floor means ads to run around a little bit more and he was a medicine game one you want to do anything you can to tire him out so i think jamichael green they're going to ride with that because it worked so well in game two 
I think the counter argument is that Jamichael Green, as said before, he's only played 23 minutes in the playoffs other than last night's game. That's not a lot. There's a difference between starting at home where the crowd is cheering for you and you're familiar with the court versus L.A. where you're starting again, but you may not be playing with as much confidence because you're playing on the road. If there's a shaky start there, is he able to shake it off again and hit threes after missing his first couple? I would I would hope so, but I understand if they go with Draymond and Looney, two bigs, just because... That's what they trust at this point. But I think they should experiment. They only need to get one of these games. Why don't you try what was working the best in game two and adjust mid-game if possible? So hopefully, Jermichael Green gets the start again. Also, I think that Steph is going to have another good game. I think it's going to be... I think he's going to shoot a little bit more than 12 times because I expect the Warriors to need it more on the road. And I also think Anthony Davis is going to have a much better game much closer to game one on the offensive side of things than game two, because on game two, he was a non-factor. Anthony Davis cannot be a non-factor if the Lakers are going to take this series. So I expect him to be driving. Hopefully, he doesn't get Draymond in foul trouble, because I think Draymond's going to stick on Anthony Davis like he did in game two to try and slow him down again. We shall see. I think whoever outperforms the other will give their team the W. If Steph outperforms AD, Warriors win. If AD outperforms Steph, then the Lakers win. So we'll see. That chess match should be fun between those two. Also, a little sub story is Klay Thompson's dad, you know, Michael Thompson, won a couple championships with the Lakers, does commentary, color commentary for them. He's a reporter. He said he's rooting for the Lakers. He's not rooting for his son. Klay's from L.A., grew up watching Kobe. This is huge for him. He's talked about it at the podium, how much it means to be playing the Lakers in the playoffs and how bad he wants to play well. I'm wondering if he's going to get in his own way a little bit, forcing shots in game three. He just came off of a heater, so you know he's going to be playing with absolute confidence. I just hope we don't see those first quarter threes from Clay, where it's like 21 seconds on the shot clock. We've just made a layup. We're getting back into the game. You know, maybe we were down eight, now we're down six, and he shoots one from like 25 out off of almost one leg, and it bricks off, you know? I hope we don't see that. I hope he continues to stay playing aggressive but controlled Uh, because if we move the ball around, the ball can eventually get back to Clay, you know, and then it will be a better shot. So I'm hoping Clay Thompson does not get in his way. He said he might jump in the ocean again. Uh, in uh, the Bay Area, which is what he did, if y'all remember, in 2019 when the Warriors were playing the L.A. Clippers in that first round that got way spicier than it should have. Oh, my gosh. I remember I, I been, I'd been put the fear of God into me from Lou Williams in, like, fourth quarters, who I think is now out of the league. I'm not completely sure, but watching Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly and, like, I think a rookie, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, SGA, cooking the Warriors and taking them to six games was too stressful. And Klay Thompson was stressed too. Took a dunk in the Pacific. I think it's the Pacific, right? I should definitely know. It's the Pacific. Took a dunk in the Pacific, came out, and he had two huge performances to close out the Clippers. 
Maybe he said in a press conference, maybe he'll do it again. Maybe he'll do it again, jump in the ocean and rain down, who knows, 10, 12 threes on the Lakers on Saturday night. So that's another thing I wanted to talk about. But now that's kind of everything I wanted to cover in game two. Just going to move on to some quick thoughts I have on the other series in the NBA playoffs. We've got Celtics playing the Sixers. They're tied 1-1 right now, going back to Philly. Guys, I think the Celtics take this one. Okay, I've been hearing a lot about how the Celtics have been blowing games that they shouldn't. And my take on that is that, didn't they do that last year? This isn't a new thing with their team. I don't really see why this is why you would pick against them in this Eastern Conference that doesn't, it doesn't look that strong to me. The Sixers, of course, they have the MVP in Joel Embiid, but I remember watching the Celtics give away home games to the Bucks. They should not have lost. I remember them giving home games away to uh, the Heat that they should not have lost. Remember game six? Oh my gosh. But they would always pull it out. They always somehow got enough offense from Horford, Tatum, Brown. I mean, people might be laughing that I mentioned Horford first there, but Horford was huge for them in that playoff run. Okay, I don't want to hear it. Do you remember his 26-point game against the Warriors in the finals? The man can shoot the crap out of the ball. All right. But yeah, Derek White's probably above him in that. Okay, I probably should have mentioned Derek White. They always get enough offense, lock in on defense just enough, okay, to get it done. I've got the Celtics winning in seven against the Sixers. Then Heat versus Knicks tied 1-1. And I am not betting against Jimmy Butler. I think it would be foolish to do so when he's going up against a team that does not seem, I don't know, I wouldn't say they're that much better than the Heat. So they have the best player in the series in Jimmy. I guess that ankle injury is of question. You know, how much is that going to hobble him? But he's going to play. So I have the Heat taking the Knicks down in six games, which will set up a Heat-Celtics Eastern Conference Finals, a repeat of last year. I don't know anybody who saw that coming. I personally had the Bucks going to the finals, so I was very wrong about that. If you want to hear a little bit more about the preseason picks or the postseason picks before the playoffs got started, you can listen to the last podcast with our guest, Niasan. We broke that down in depth. It was great. But, yeah, I've got the Heat taking the Knicks down in six games. Then Nuggets-Suns. Nuggets are up 2-0. I had Nuggets beating the Suns in five in the second round before the playoffs start, and I'm going to stick with that pick. Nuggets in five. My prediction was that, you know, it's unfortunate. I didn't want it to happen, but I thought that one of the Suns players would get injured. Kevin Durant's 34. He's been on the injury list a lot over the past two years. Chris Paul, we know, he's very old. He's 38, and when he was young, he would still appear on the injured list in the postseason quite often. So I assumed one of those two players, even if they were playing, would be playing through some ailment that would affect their game, and it stinks, but uh, it happened. I didn't want it to be right, but Chris Paul has that hamstring. And so they're down 2-0, down Chris Paul, who is their point guard, their star point guard, and I think the Nuggets will take them down in five because of it. Uh, I'm sure the Suns can maybe muster out one home game, but I think this should be wrapped up pretty quick. So if the Warriors win in seven, like my original pick, we would have a Warriors-Nuggets conference finals. That would be spicy. Uh, but the Warriors-Lakers series, it's been so fun so far. 
I'm excited. We're getting Saturday's game three. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think if I had to pick one team to win, I'm going Warriors. I'm biased for sure. But I think the Warriors are going to ride what they had last game. It's going to be a lot closer. But I just think, I don't know, something tells me they got to ride this momentum right now. You don't want to be on your back having to win game four to not go down 3-1. So I think out of the two games, I think this is the one the Warriors get. We'll see if I'm right, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Happy Friday. Happy incoming Saturday. Love those two days. Two favorite days of the week. Anywho, I'll talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.